Hello and welcome to some special programming here on the In The Money Media Network. This is our How to Play, the all-turf pick three segment for Thursday, April 27th, the penultimate day of this Keeneland Spring Meet. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, and very happy to be joined by a man whose analysis this meet has been nothing short of spectacular. He's taken down this all-turf pick three several times. He's helped me um, hit it. Of course, the time I really should have listened to him with that... Uh, Back up on uh, on Chez Pierre, <laughs> back on Maker's Mark Day. I didn't listen to him, but that's my bad. Hopefully you were because you've been making money if you have. He's been covering this bet for us over at InTheMoneyPodcast.com. He's been appearing on other podcasts. I have to talk to him about that as well. He's Michael Domable. Michael, what's going on? Just looking forward to trying to take it down two more times before the meet, meet's over. And uh, it's always fun when when you, you, you're able to do it uh, both in the written form and the audio form. So hopefully we have the same type of luck this time. That's right. Now, I did mention about you being on uh, being on another show, very uh, prestigious appearance the other day. How did that uh, how did that come about with our with our friends over at the, it was the time form U.S. Uh, pay, the time for pace cast, right, that you appeared on? Yeah, uh, David Aragona reached out to me. Craig Milkowski, his co-host, was on was on vacation. He knew that I, I had been covering Keeneland, and that was kind of the biggest card of the weekend. Uh, so I was lucky to, to come on and, and join him and chop up a pick five. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to string together a pick five that ended up paying uh, 110000 Um, But, you know, uh, it, was a, it was a good conversation. Uh, David's one of the sharpest in the, in the industry, so it was, uh, it was an honor to be able to, to go on with him and, and, uh, and break down some of those races. That's awesome. They, they, and you know, there, there's some legacy connection between their show and, uh, and our show in that, that feed, that DRF feed, um, that they, their show appears on. We actually were the ones who launched way back in the day, but they do a terrific job over there. I recommend that folks check that out. And obviously we have David on here frequently as well, but we don't have a ton of lead time on this thing today. So we should dive in. We're going to start off with race number five. I'm pulling up your analysis here to get a sneak preview. Oh, this could be fun. I think we're going to be a little bit oppo in this one. I'll let you kick off which numbers want to be on your tickets as we tackle this pick through all turf pick three. Yeah, I think the, the conversation probably starts with the, the number four, the gray wizard and the number five wicked fast. I'm, I'm a little against uh, the number four, the gray wizard. Uh, Nick pegged him at uh, seven to five on the morning line, which if, if he goes off that much shorter than the rest of the field, I don't think there's much, much value in backing him there. Um, he, he, he was able to ship over to the West Coast at the end of 2022 and the beginning of 2023 um, and, and, take it, and kind of improve his form over there. The case can be made that he's just an improving sort, uh, being relatively newly turned four-year-old um, and in the hands of motion. But I think it's more of the case that he was finding the right company over on the West Coast. Now coming back over here, I don't think he possesses any significant edge over the rest of the field. So if I'm going to take a shorter price horse, I would I want to take the the Mike Maker trainee uh, number five Wicked Fast because he's kind of the that's this is Maker's game going along on the turf, especially at Keeneland, um, and he's been facing a lot tougher company in my opinion um, down at Gulfstream Park and their in their series of turf marathons, the likes of Red Knight, Value Engineering, a lot of a lot of his uh, his stable mates, his more fancied stable mates have been have been able to beat him up. But this is a little bit softer spot, and Maker does well with this type of move. 
Um, but actually, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, he's not too trustworthy just because of the fact that, um, both him and the gray wizard come from really far back. Um, and so I want a couple horses that I think will be a little bit more forwardly placed. One of them is the number six, uh, six minus who really took a step forward, um, last time out when he, when he, uh, broke through the allowance condition, that race was famously, uh, Irad Ortiz's seventh consecutive win on that Gulfstream Park card, which is a feat that's will be tough to be matched at any time in the in, in the near history in the near future. Uh, um, but but that that win by six minus um, it it only um, flatters the form of my top pick, which is the number one kitten mischief. Um, back on January first, New Year's Day, kitten mischief was able to beat six minus, and he did so with a much worse with a much tougher trip than, than six minus had kitten mischief was wide the whole way around um, and still was able to hold off uh, the rest of the field. Now he, he took, he's coming off a little bit of a break, but he's been working steadily since then. And I think he's really bred to, to continue on and, and take another step forward is damn uh, won the grade three dowager over the course and distance. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to hang my hat on the one, five and six to get through this, this first leg um, with the top pick being the longest price on the morning line. I like that pull on the Dowager from the on the dam side. That's good. I missed that. That that that's very cool. I was I was much more inclined to try to trust the Gray Wizard off this form, and it's funny because I'm the one who's always hammering on about East Coast turf form shipping West and, and the contrary, which is kind of the angle that you're downgrading this one on. And, and I I can hear where you're coming from, but the other thing for me is I just I think the mile and a half is really right for the Gray Wizard. I like those. I like the mile and a half form. A lot uh, the improved the improved figures going that longer the the potential upgrade you can the flow upgrade you can take out of the the jockey club uh, derby from this one and mile and a half to me is one is that distance where you start to get you you sort of get to the turning point yes it can still absolutely favor speed if they go too slow which they so often do in USA turf racing but I'm thinking there's going to be enough pace in the way that the turf course has hopefully started to turn towards i'm hoping there's enough for the gray wizard to show what i just see as some form superiority my knock on the gray i don't really have any knock on wicked fast but i just feel like those were some fast paces this horse was closing into and you can't get much more different turf courses it seems than Gulfstream and keeneland so i'm hoping that leads to the gray wizard being able to to get the job done and i was just going to try to go skinny and trust him in here and, and we'll see who ends up uh, making the right call in this race. It sounds like I'm um, looking at your analysis. You will have some deeper backups that include the gray wizard and a couple others. Yeah, I think the gray wizard, uh, you know, I have a couple other opinions and in, in later in the sequence where if he wins I, and those are right, then I, I'd still want to get something out of this, out of this wager. Um, and then the other two I threw in on deep backup lines, kind of in the same, same regard where I need to be really right in the, in the next two legs in order to cash are the seven English conqueror, and the nine surfer sure, uh, both coming down from Woodbine. I think that form is a little bit, um, a little bit softer than than the Gulfstream form from Wicked Fast, and then the uh, the potential improvement that could come from the number one kitten mischief and the number six six minus. So that's why I'll have, you know, eighty to ninety percent of my play going through those those top three. One five and six on the A line, four seven nine on the C line. I'm going to be cheeky and try to get away with getting uh, the Gray Wizard in here, and we'll see 
if we can get some live tickets on to the second leg of the pick three, which is race number seven, where we've got these three-year-old fillies in the allowance ranks going one mile. And my idea here was, I don't often do this, you know, especially on podcasts. Hey, I like to come on. I like to tell folks, you know, something more akin to what I think is going to happen. And it leads to using uh, some shorter prices, but this is a race where I want to focus in on long shots. And there are two very logical short prices. I'm going to, in my first draft anyway, leave off of the tickets, especially starting with a horse that's going to be a shorter price. I'm going to try, don't really have anything against the three, um, Varencia or the five, be my sunshine. But I just see a lot of, like I said, liver, liver long shots. And that be my sunshine race could end up being a key form line. There's a couple of horses coming out of there that I think are more interesting than be my sunshine at the prices they're going to be. And I'll start by talking about cloudy Bay, a runner who, you know, I thought um, ended up getting that, that seemed like a day where ground loss particularly mattered on that turf course. And cloudy Bay ended up going wide, obviously could be wide here again, but this horse's turf efforts are pretty darn good. And they're in the mix and this horse is going to be a huge price. Once again, I mean, I don't a lot of times 68 to one, the last time they run. Okay. You, you can expect them to go, the wrong way, but at the price Cloudy Bay is going to be, I think this horse could be completely forgotten, and I think goes with somewhat of a chance. I also think Silver Stripes is a little bit interesting coming out of the same race. This is a horse that was bet in there and also ended up with kind of a wide run. I thought was interesting. I wanted some nines and some thirteens on the tickets, and then some horses coming from other uh, other form lines as well. Uh, looking at number six, Desert Tempest, I thought was a little bit interesting this horse who i feel like both of the both of the turf efforts ended up being uh, okay this horse doesn't have that much to find to potentially make an impact in here and then uh, another runner moshiro i thought was a little bit interesting coming out of that it's hard to know what exactly to make of that fairgrounds form but this is a horse that i think should be double digits could get a bit forgotten versatile in terms of running style i was kind of gonna look to mess around i don't really have a top pick in this race i was gonna sort of mess around with those four runners get a little spready and see if i couldn't get a result in what i think is an open looking seventh race how do you see this one is it is it long shots or, or favorites or a mix of the two for you i mean this this race is classic keeneland right like there are there are horses coming from all over the place yep. um you've got you know shippers from every circuit possible so you're trying to piece together what what form lines are are where to latch on to and what um you know where you could maybe fade fade a little bit i also think that this is the type of race where it's really tempting to to try to make a creative case for for certain horses like i could tell you that the that the number one's dam is a half to wise dan i could tell you that the number six is a half to a fountain of youth winner by by a, a good turf sire and american pharaoh you know, I could tell you that the number eight Miss Riddler is first time turf for a dam that won over a million on grass. I could I could tell you all those things, but then I'm I I also think that the the form line that you were pointing out, the race that Be My Sunshine comes out comes out of is a is a pretty strong uh strong race for the level down at Gulfstream. Um, <clears throat> so I mean, if you look at the horse that won that race, the, uh, who was uh, well into. She ended up coming back into the into the Grade Two Appalachian and running a close fourth. So I think that validated that the speed figure was uh, a solid one in that race. Now, 
I could make a case that the number 13 silver stripes uh, ran as well, uh, if not better than the number five, be my sunshine in that effort. Uh, The problem is, is the number 13 is going to need a defection to get into the race. And um, if, if she does get in, she's going to be mired on, on the out, on an outside post. So in with the mile races, it's really tough to work out a work out a good trip from there. So I do have a lot of my play going through the number five, be my sunshine. Um, I didn't see much of an excuse for, for cloudy Bay, not to, not to beat her that day. I, I know that cloudy Bay is going to be, you know, five times the price. So it's, it's worth having that horse on side in a, in a backup situation. But I, I think that uh, be my sunshine will be able to handle this field. And it's, it's a, it's a place where a lot of people are going to be trying to spread. Um, if I can really narrow in on this one horse fade a little bit, uh, the, the moto Chad um, and motions horse, then I think I can extract some value from the sequence uh, by leaning, leaning on this sappy Joseph trainee. So a lot of five, a little 13, any deeper backups for you in this spot? Yeah, like I said, I'll keep the number nine Cloudy Bay on side. And then um, since I have a couple of price opinions on the A-line, um, I don't want to get completely uh, left out if if the the Chad uh, the Chad shipper is, is live, which um, based on the uh, maiden effort, it, it came back a slow time, but there were plenty, there was plenty of trouble involved and it was likely a private purchase after that. So uh, the ownership group probably saw the same thing that I did. No doubt. And I mean, we just know the record of Chad Brown with these type of runners. And, and it looks like you're not opposed to having a, a deeper backup line with a forerunner or a Gromantine as well. Yeah, I think that, you know, it's another situation where the first run in in the country could have been, um, you know, just to dust the cobwebs off a little bit and um, and now can improve again for motion. But there's another one where the connections might might have the the horse over bet or and so i really only wanted on a backup line gotcha we'll see it's interesting how we agree and disagree in the same race both of us trying a little bit to fade uh to fade the chad runner we'll see how that works out for us let's go to the pay leg race number nine also the nightcap on this card more classic keeneland with a maiden special weight race going a mile and three sixteenths on the turf don't mind the maidens so much uh, in a sequence like this when they all have form as they do in this spot. I'll ask you the key question, Michael, how are we going to get paid? Yeah, I think, I think this is another race where you can make a case for a lot of them, but the favorites have certainly have plenty of merit. Um, the number 10 missionaire ended up being my topic. Couldn't look past how much of an improved effort, um, this Colt had in his second start when adding the blinkers got a little bit more tactical speed into him, which I think would suit him well in this spot. Um, and, and even though clever thought came back and didn't run very well at Keeneland, at least he validated the speed figure. And then if you look further back in the form further, further back in those run lines, there was a, another horse that came back to run a good second at, at Keeneland, improving, improving his speed figure. So um, I think that was a, a strong enough race. He, he, he did a good job of, of fighting off multiple challenges before ev- eventually getting caught. I don't think the extra 16th of a mile is going to be any problem. Um, and I think j- he'll just have a, a tactical advantage on some of uh, some of his other rivals. The number 12 border war is the other short price on the morning line uh, for Shug McGahee. I, I'm, I'm a little bit less in, enthusiastic about him just because of the fact he's cutting back in distance from the mile and a half. 
to the mile and three sixteenths, which kind of plays between a two turn and th- and three turn route. Um, and I think from watching his last race, he really has kind of a grinding style, which is more suited to those those marathon distances. So I'm not sure if cutting back will eventually be better for him or not. Um, the number eight B well comes out of the same race as the number ten Missionaire, and it's another case where I, I like the the 10's chances a lot better, but um, B well is going to be you know four to five times the price, so I, I just don't want to get beat in this with that with that form line uh just trying to latch on to one horse that that's going to be a much shorter price so I'll, I'll have him on a lot of my tickets as well um but i also want to make a, a case for the number two king curlin at at 10 to 1 on the morning line I'm with you there and um he hasn't raced on grass since his debut back in back in 2021 but he actually ran really well that day to finish second uh he, he was with the flow of the race but it was his debut and finishing second at kentucky on those high-priced Kentucky Downs maiden races is nothing to scoff at. Yep. He finally gets to switch back to the surface he's bred for. His dam was grade three winner, grade one place in California. And I think there's just bits and pieces of his form on synthetic earlier this year that that signal that he's kind of taken a step forward. And if he can transition that back to grass, he can be dangerous for a, for a high percentage barn. So a lot of my play will go through 2-8-10, but I'll, I'll come back and, and press the 10 on, on another ticket since he'll be a shorter price and is my top pick. That all makes sense to me. You did not mention one that I actually listed first in my picks. So this is another one where I'm happy to kind of spread around. But I was very interested in the six Dr. Kringle. I thought that was a nice debut for a barn whose runners typically improve with their racing. And Wilkes just having a great meet. It's not like it was just that first week. Had another winner yesterday. So I definitely want some sixes in there. You made, you, you sort of took the words right out of my mouth with the two King Curlin. Absolutely love this pedigree and love this cross in particular, the, the, the Curlin uh, arch, you know, getting those, the, the, that, that cross of bloodlines. I just absolutely love for the turf. I think this horse is going to be better on turf. I too like the debut and then missionaire who I think, uh, you know, ground can be missionaire's friend and can pass horses. So I had it six, two and 10 in this spot to close things out. Uh, what were your thoughts on, on Dr. Kringle and were there any others you wanted as, as deeper backups? Yeah, Dr. Kringle was one of one of the ones that I wanted on a deeper backup ticket, um, just because of how hot the Wilkes Barn has been. Um, and I, I don't know how that race is going to translate um, to to this one. I th- based on Time Form US, it came back a pretty strong race. Exact Estimate, who won that race, came back to lose at a short price yesterday, but I don't think that. Is, takes anything away from the fact that this this horse could be dangerous. Two other winners out of that race too. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, he's definitely dangerous, and um, I just wonder if the Wilkes Barn is going to get a little bit overbet coming with all the success it's had. It's possible. Um, yeah, it's possible. But that uh, the case, the you know, the devil's advocate point to that is that this is the third leg of the pick three, and a lot of that. Um, money in the wind pool is 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 blind during that bet, and so it doesn't necessarily flow through the same way. So you might have convinced me to to move them up a little bit, but um, I just want to make sure that the the ticket still doesn't get too bulky. Yes, yeah. Well, that's the key when you get down when you get down to to construction. If you want the full reckoning of Michael's A's, B's, and C's, you can go to inthemoneypodcast.com to check uh, to check that one out. I like the idea of maybe trying to get uh, this King Curlin in there for us. I think this horse is, is bound to be, I think we'll get the double figures. Don't you think? 
Yeah, I think that definitely. I think that um, Missionaire and Border War. I mean, you've got so many connections that get bet at Keeneland in this race. We didn't even talk about uh, the namesake of of is it your former GM of the Giants or current GM of the Giants uh, down drawn on the rail potentially. We've got, we've got number. Oh, hang on, my my form just. Uh, yeah, Gettleman is is. This horse, I was having trouble with the, um, I was just having trouble with the damn side pedigree. You know, it's not, it's not turfy, you know. Um, I, I just, I was really struggling to think that this horse was necessarily going to, uh, going to improve uh, when it came to the green. Was that, w- w- what did you see that left you, uh, that left you a little bit cold there? Yeah, I think it was, the, it was similar with the, with the damn side pedigree. I mean, he was entered for grass um in his debut so at least they thought that that was the surface from the get-go it just seems like a case of a horse that's going to get overbet for the wrong reasons just based on uh irad being aboard you've got the high high profile connections with godolphin and brendan walsh has been relatively hot this meet um you know drawn well on the inside so you have all the makings of a of an overbet horse maybe some giants fans out there as well um so <laughs> So I, I, that's where I wanted to have him on a backup ticket in case horses like um, Kid Kitten Mischief win the win the opening leg, and I can get through with my with my lone A in the second. Um, then I would want to have him on side, but only in cases like that. Yeah, Gettleman's out, but you know when you draft the the, the players that are the stars of the current team, you do definitely get a little bit of that uh, a little bit of that love potentially uh, in that. And I just I love the whole football coach. The football coach horse racing connection is great. One of the fun things of um, those early Saratoga weeks is seeing all the all the coaches around Saratoga. It's basically before right before they get they have to go back to work. Traditionally, you'll see a bunch of them uh, up there for coaches and execs, etc. Um, all right, great stuff, Michael. Appreciate you. Hey, let's do this one more time tomorrow as we wrap up this Keeneland meet. If your game, uh, let's do it. All right, so we'll be back tomorrow, same bat time, same bat channel. For Michael Dombable, for our friends at Keeneland, I'm Peter Thomas Fornital. May you win all your photos.